another episode of the horror for dummies podcast this is episode 207 and i'm your host tim i apologize for the massive rain that you can hear in the background but it is going crazy outside and i can't really help that i'm not god sorry this is episode 207 and i'm on my own today the mushroom is still in canada um so this one i'm hoping this is the last episode where I'm without him because I, I don't want him to hear this but I I do miss him a little bit you know he brings a he brings a certain pizzazz to the show and it, and that's exactly what the show is missing that pizzazz which I don't really know what pizzazz is but that seems like the correct word that I'm going to use to describe it so here I am alone and on this episode I I, I was kind of stumped as to what what to do do I just get someone else on? Do I do I uh, review a, another movie? And I, I thought, nah, I'm, I'm kind of... I, I can't want to get away from that at the moment and do something special and different. So I just kind of ran out of time, to be perfectly honest, and decided to just go, it, go ahead and do it and just make a variety show of all different little things. And so what I've done, <clears throat> what I've done is over the course of the last two weeks, I've uh, when I've watched a movie, I've recorded uh, my little thoughts and reviews <clears throat> on that. So basically, this episode is going to be a collection of all different movie reviews that I've seen, and for the majority, most of these movies are going to be new release twenty twenty two movies. But uh, there was one movie that I got a chance to see. Um, and well, me and my wife, we, we sat down and we just put it on for some random reason. And, uh, we thought, you know what? We've never spoken about this movie on the show. And this is a movie that, uh, is, is not, not very well liked among the horror community. So why don't we go ahead and talk about it? And that movie is Van Helsing. So we're going to be reviewing Van Helsing, me and my wife. But for the majority of the show, it's just going to basically be a, a, mishmash of different reviews that I've recorded over the past two weeks and uh, this is just a collection of uh, of two weeks worth of, of fun stuff so it's a little bit different of a show and I, and I really hope to do like it um, I'm hoping next week we can come back to the usual format where we do reviews we've we've got some uh, we've got some movies that we're gonna get reviewing um, Eraserhead is an, is one that uh, that one of our beautiful patrons, Zinvader, has chosen us to do. Uh, another one is Landmine Goes Quick. That's another one. And Duel 
is another one. So we'll be doing those in the upcoming future, along with a bunch of other cool shit, man. Like, I want to eventually, like, very soon, want to uh, want to get the mushroom to watch some classics that he's never seen before, such as Nosferatu, because I'm really keen to see what he thinks about that. Silent film, I don't know if he'll be a fan, but we'll have to wait and see for that. But um, with that being said, why don't we jump into it? Why don't we get into it? And I hope you guys like this. Uh, if it's not for you, then let me know, and I promise I won't do another one. But if you do enjoy this episode, then do let me know, because I'd be really keen to hear people's opinions on this. So please, give me your feedback. I really, really do appreciate it. With that being said, let's jump into the first review. And you know, after speaking about Van Helsing there, why don't we just jump straight into that review? Um, I've brought with me my wife, Chalisa, for this review. So it's not exactly a solo cast. You're going to hear at least someone, some other voices in this in this episode. But here we are. Here's our review on the 2004 Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale movie, Van Helsing. So here we go. My life, my job, my curse is to vanquish evil. His name is Van Helsing. Some say you're a holy man. Others say you're a murderer. Which is it? It's a bit of both. He has come to a forbidden land to battle enemies that are legend. Oh my god. This summer, evil has one name to fear. Hugh Jackman is Van Helsing. Alright, so I'm here with my wife, Jell. Say hello. Hi, everyone. The bell from hell. And we are here to discuss the movie Van Helsing from 2004. Why? Because we watched it this week, just randomly. We put it on, just as like kind of a background movie while we played on our phones. And we found ourselves actually watching it and kind of getting into it. And that might be a shock to some people out there, because this movie is not liked at all. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But, Jill, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Um, was this... So, Van Helsing, let's, before we get into your thoughts and everything like that, let's let's talk about Van Helsing and, and the story behind it. If you don't know about the movie Van Helsing, this one is the one with Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale. The one that came out in 2004 that most people say, oh, it's shit because it has bad CGI. And uh, it's the film that features, of course, Van Helsing battling the likes of Dracula, a werewolf, and a Frankenstein monster. Well, he doesn't battle the monster, but yeah. And, and, and quickly before I continue this review, we will be talking spoilers in this one because... The movie came out in 2004. If you haven't seen it by now, you're probably not going to see it. So, yeah, spoilers ahead for this movie. So, on paper, this movie sounds fucking great. It's, it's got a collection of the Universal Monsters. Um, 
and and the story around it is is pretty interesting. What went wrong with this movie for a lot of people anyway is I, I think the main part for what a lot of people say is the CGI. A lot of people say oh it's just bad CGI, and and like there's other I've, I've looked at other reviews of this movie and a lot of people are saying oh it's a bad story it's a bad this it's a bad that and last week I would have been on, on that bandwagon saying yeah it's not the best movie but watching it now I found myself really enjoying it for some reason and kind of being immersed into the film we'll get into my thoughts in a second Jill you've always been a fan of this movie I right? have yes you never really saw any imperfections in the film? Oh, of course the the CGI, say, isn't as good as like the newer Jurassic Park movies or anything, but back when I first seen it and everything, I didn't have a problem with it. This is back in 2004, so... I Look, I'm going to say this right now, and, and this might... <laughs> this might be controversial. Actually, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because this movie came out in 2004. A year... Prior to that, Freddy vs. Jason came out and everyone seems to somewhat love that movie. That movie was also filled with horrible CGI. Actually, worse CGI than this film here. Mm -hmm. Go back years later, um, Alien 3 came out. I mean, that, that was 93, so we're, we're, we're going way back. That CGI there is shocking. So there's, there is a lot of movies that came out that people like that have horrible CGI, yet it's forgiven. In this movie, it seems like that's the biggest thing that people pick on in this movie. And to be perfectly honest, yes, when I first saw this when it came out, I, I'll, I'll agree that the CGI was bad. But watching it now, it wasn't nearly as half as bad as I remembered. Mm -hmm. it, like, the werewolf effects weren't as bad. Like, I've seen movies this year that look worse than this movie. And yes, you're probably saying, well, this Van Helsing's a big... Hollywood um, budget blockbuster, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> whatever, whatever. So I think this movie is actually better than people give it credit for, and it's kind of a shame that people tore this movie to shreds because this movie was actually planned for a series. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have enjoyed more. I think I think the Universal monsters are doomed. Because every time the Universal try to do something with them and try to make a series, it fails. Mm -hmm. Like, take this and then take the fucking Dark Universe with the mummy, Tom Cruise's mummy. Yeah. Every time they try and plan, like, a Universal Monsters like series, it never works out. Um, I, for one, I, I want it. I want a, a, a new, revamped Universal Monsters series. Like, like how they're doing with the Marvel Universe, whatever it's called. Do that with the Universal. I, I want it so bad. But I think Universal are going about it the wrong way. And everyone is going to be so hard to please. They're going to hate on it no matter what. Yeah, true. True. But, I mean, look at The Invisible Man that came out in 2018. Oh, I, might, I might be... Maybe it was... No, it was 2020. Fucking way off. <laughs> but that movie was loved. Like, a lot of people went into that expecting to hate it because the original Invisible Man is fucking phenomenal. Um, and people came out loving the new Invisible Man. I think what Universal are doing wrong is that they're looking at money 
they're looking at building a, a franchise. They're not looking at the the, the films as themselves yeah. and then building upon that. And that's what Marvel did. That's why Marvel is so successful now. Don't look at the big picture straight away. Start small and work your way up. Mm-hmm. Which is a thing that the mummy didn't do. They went in expecting this to be massive and it's just going to straight... Like it's going to start this huge fucking series that everyone's going to love. And it didn't because it sucked. Yeah. So fucking much. That movie sucked dick. But if they start messing with it too much, like the original mummies, it was a guy... So they started with a chick. I'm alright with that, because there are mummified chicks. You can do that. Yeah, but like the full badass main one was a dude. Yeah, I think she looked cool and everything, but if they want to please everyone, I say try and stick to the original as when much as you can. When you're talking original, are you talking 1999 mummy, or are you talking... Both. They're both a guy. I mean, the, the real original mummy from the 30s sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the original mummy. It's boring. It's it's kind of along the lines of Dracula. They're both kind of dull and boring. Dracula's better, but still the original mummy is not what you think. Take the mummy from like the Monster Squad, where it's actually a dude bandaged up. Yeah, he can have powers and all that stuff, but keep him bandaged. Keep him looking like a mummy. Not some fucking Prince Pharaoh dude. Hate that. You're talking about the newer... Mummy? <laughs> yeah. The one with... Every, I'm talking about every fucking mummy movie. Every mummy movie, besides like a few, like the Tales from the Dark Side segment, um, Monster Squad. I, th- I know there's the mummy sequels, like the mummy's tomb and stuff like that, that do that. But a lot of these mummy films have like the dude or the, the, the antagonist unwrapped. And I hate that. Mm. Anyway, we're going off topic here. Let's talk about Van Helsing. And let's just start from the start. This movie, quite honestly, like, we started watching this, and I, like, I knew, like, how it ended, and I knew certain key scenes of the movie, but I forgot a lot of it. So it was kind of somewhat watching it for the first time again. Mm -hmm. Like, the opening. We get this incredible opening, where it's all in black and white, and it's um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein making Frankenstein's monster and um, he does the whole it's alive, it's alive stuff and then the the townsfolk with the pitchforks and everything like that this is such a strong open and it's such a love letter to the Universal Monsters mm-hmm. um, from the from the earlier days and I love it and watching that, co- like that opening I, I really kind of wish that they kept the whole movie in black and white because I think it worked. It really did for this opening. It did for that, those scenes, but I don't think the whole movie as a whole was black and white. If they yeah. had a version, like, you know, The Mist? Yeah. There is a version of that that's all in black and white. I've never seen it because I cannot fucking find it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they did, like, a version of this that was all in black and white. That'd be on... <laughs> I'd love that. I'd watch it, but I don't think it would have the same effect. I don't know. I, I think it'd be cool. It would just transport you back to that time mm-hmm. where the Universal Monsters ruled. I mean, they still rule, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just a mark for 
these monsters like Frankenstein and, and the Wolfman and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the actual monsters in Van Helsing. Yeah. Because we get the big three. Let's call them the big three. We get Dracula, we get Frankenstein's monster, and then, and then we get... We get a werewolf. It's never really a wolf man. It's a werewolf, but whatever. They're, they're the big three. They're always the ones together. Like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's them three. House of Frankenstein. It's them three. Mm-hmm. We never really get the others. <laughs> the others get forgotten. Yeah, like the mummy. <laughs> I mean, you can forget about the mummy. Whatever. The Invisible Man. Like, he comes up sometimes. Like, in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. He pops up right at the end. Um, the creature never fucking gets mentioned, which, quite honestly, I would have, I would have marked out. Like I would have gotten so excited if the creature, or a version of the creature, just popped up for a quick second. And according to the trivia, um, they did plan on having like a little cameo from the Gill Man. Mm. You know that scene where. They fall in, like, Anna and, uh, sorry, Kate Beckinsale and Hugh Jackman fall into the pit where they find the Frankenstein monster. Yeah. Originally, there was going to be a cameo of the Gill Man in there. With Frankenstein or just the Gill Man? I don't know. I, it just That's all it said. It's just going to have a cameo of the Gill Man. Okay. I'm like, why? Why didn't you do that? Would have been unreal. I, th- I think that they will thinking they're putting too much in the movie then. But they have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Which is a weird choice because he's he was never in the Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. He wasn't ever a part. Like he's not one of the one of the guys. He's an outcast. I, th- I think they only put him in because everyone says that he's a murderer and like a holy man. So if he as you seen the Jekyll and Hyde dude when he died he turned back to Mr. Jekyll. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only reason why they popped him in. But they could have done that with the Invisible Man. <clears throat> what, killed him and no one ever finds him? No, because when the Invisible <laughs> Man dies, he turns back. Oh, does he? Yeah. See, well, the original I didn't know that. ones, yeah. In the original, with the serum he does, not with the new one with the um, the mirrors, whatever they are. Hmm. Yeah, in the original, when he has the serum, when he dies, he turns back to real life. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, I think it was kind of a weird choice to have um, Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying... And quite honestly, he was the worst part of this movie, CGI-wise. Com- compared to everything, he just didn't look the best. I didn't think he looked too bad. It wasn't bad, but like compared to the werewolf and everything, he was the worst. With effects, I mean. Possibly. Okay, so out of the three, who was your favourite? Monster. Yeah. I like... Oh, Frankenstein's cute in this one. Frankenstein, How he talks and has a big heart. Frankenstein's <laughs> not meant to be cute. This isn't um, My Little Pony. In this one, I, I think I like Dracula. I don't know. The way he talks is kind of... You're hooked in mm. with how he speaks. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm a werewolf fan through and through. And the werewolves in this actually do look uh, cool. They still got the wolf look, yet you can tell that they're not wolves because they're bigger. The, and, and they walk on their back legs. <laughs> yeah, which I'm not. Oh, I'm sort not overly of. a fan of, but whatever. Um, the thing about okay, let's start. Dracula in this movie, and quite look. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't get over Bela Lugosi. When I think Dracula, 
it's Bella Lugosi. So anyone that tries to be Dracula, it's just not the same. Mm. I'm just like, you're not Bella. <laughs> <laughs> That's something on my part. Um, this new Dracula, he was fine. What's with the long hair, though? Trying to make him back in the times. like I guess. Like, yeah. he was a warrior and everything, but fine. And so, how he dressed was still ancient-y kind of times. Yeah. Okay, so Dracula was, was decent. Frankenstein's monster. Ah. I know you didn't like how he spoke, but that actually didn't um, bother me. Here's the thing. Okay, this Frankenstein's monster was just created, just brought to life, and he knows <laughs> the English language better than I do. And <sighs> I, I, I don't like the way... Okay, I don't like the way he speaks. Mm. The whole... Why? It's, uh, shut up. And he also speaks way too much. Like, okay, there are times in this movie where Frankenstein's monster needs to speak. I get it. But why not dumb him down? Like Frankenstein in Brighter Frankenstein. Hmm. Serum. Good. Instead. No. See, I'm okay with it because he put parts of seven men together. He so did all that their the brains And I guess their intelligence transpired, if that makes sense. He did that in the original, though. Yeah, well, this one's a new and improved. Or new. Why? Because he has an electric brain. I guess maybe that helps him. <laughs> okay. There was there was story elements of this movie that I wasn't huge into, like the whole using Frankenstein to awaken Dracula's spawn. Why? I didn't get it. Why does he need Frankenstein? Because he got created with that machine and everything, so he can give life to his babies through the same machine. So why does Frankenstein need to do it? Because he's why the, can't the machine do it? I guess he's the key to help. Well, what made that machine? Maybe I, to not, make it work. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. It was a bit like I see where you're coming from, but it was. It's still a bit of okay, kind of thing. Like I'm not. I'm following you, but I'm not following you. I like that because then if they didn't use that, then what was the point of Frankenstein being in this movie? Because he's Frankenstein? Well, he wouldn't be in it for long, just Yeah, okay, okay, fine. You need him for plot development. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, Hugh Jackman, are you a fan? Do you find him sexy? I like Hugh Jackman. I think he's attractive for an older man. Mm -hmm. Sometimes his hair looks good in this movie, and other times I don't overly like it. I think because it's, like, perfectly um, done. It doesn't look messy at all. Well, I mean, in this, he was wearing hair extensions. I know, I know. Wasn't it's clearly easy. a wig. No, hair extensions, not a wig. I'm going to say it's a full wig. It's not. Hair extensions. It, does it say that in your yes, facts? Yes, it read that. Oh, okay. I, know, I don't know shit about hair. I'm not making this shit up. <laughs> yeah, it looked perfect all the time. That annoyed me a little bit. But other than that, he looked cool. I, I mean, you could say the same about Kate Beckinsale. She's oh. been battling vampires and stuff, yet her makeup still looks flawless. Oh, she's so sexy in this movie. Oh, I've got a question for you. Is she sexier in this or Underworld? <clears throat> this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I find her a lot more appealing with her corset and her style in this one. I don't know. I don't like her little bob cut in Underworld. I hate it. I don't know. I'll take both, please. Like I like her eye <laughs> colour and stuff. How they turn blue in Underworld, but I hate her short hair. Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. 
I mean, hair doesn't bother me as long as I've got something to hold on to. <laughs> um, apparently, Kate Beckinsale hated the cor- the corsets that she was wearing. Mm. And after the filming was done, she wanted to burn them all. Well, it looked like she was pulled in extremely tight. Yes, you could tell her so, breasts were very big. Well, she had the one that sat under the breasts. Not on them. Under breasts. Okay. Yeah. So her trying to move and do the scenes in that would have been bloody hard. Okay. I, I don't know anything about corsets, so you... you think about something that goes around your midsection pulled really tight and you can't move. You have to sit straight. Well, that's You dumb. can't slouch if it's a real one. Mm. You can't move. So, she did really well. Well, take it off. Well, clearly that was her outfit. She no, I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm talking as if this was a real story. Ah. Well, like, why did they have to wear that back then? Well, th- that was the style back in the day. Clearly, you can't... Well, ma- maybe that's made. why so many people died back then, because they can't fight vampires with corsets. <laughs> and they couldn't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they died before... They died of suffocation before the vampire even bit them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, let's, let's read some facts about this movie, because there is a few that are um, interesting. So... Did you know that the place where Van Helsing and Anna fight Dracula's three brides is the same place where Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman were filmed? The set is called The Court of Miracles, and it's part of the studio tour at Universal Studios Hollywood. Aww, that would be awesome to see. I know, I'd come everywhere. Ew. (laughs) Uh, During filming, Hugh Jackman accidentally broke an extra's hand. How? Maybe he was a jerk and didn't get Hugh Jackman a coffee. I'm just trying to think when he was close to an extra to break the hand. Oh, heaps of times. Apparently, according to people that I know who have either worked with Hugh Jackman or know or have met him, apparently he's like the coolest guy ever. Yeah, I think he's very down to earth. I um I used to work with a guy who was a chauffeur for Stars when they came to Australia, mm-hmm. and I asked him like who like out of everyone. Who's the coolest guy or coolest celebrity you've got to deal with? And he said Hugh Jackman, hands down. Apparently, like, he did everyone. He did like Shaggy, you know, Shaggy. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, Elvis Presley's daughter. Heaps of people, like heaps of random people. But he said Hugh Jackman was the coolest. Because he was the, what, the nicest down to earth? Yeah, yeah. That's another thing about this movie. I love it how everyone else has an accent except Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Everyone's trying their Transylvania accent, but Hugh Jackman's like, yeah, I'll kill you, Dracula, for you, mate. <laughs> oh, it, it does a little bit. It doesn't sound too Australian. No, but... No, the but Friar can, doesn't really have an accent either. Well, you can, you can argue that they're from London, but he still doesn't sound like he's from Britain. Mm. I mean, we're all from Britain, but whatever. Um, yeah, so I said before, this was intended to start a series, but didn't because of uh, bad reviews and not a good box office. So, yeah. This didn't make good money? No, it did not. Because, yeah, everyone... No one liked it. And I'm sure there's people listening right now that are yelling at us going, no, this movie's shit, you're not going to change my mind. I guarantee there's people out there who are saying that right now. Well, for sure. But, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that that I was I was part of your team at one I, a week ago. Give this movie another go. It's 
a mindless action film, but it features some of the greatest characters in cinematic history. Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman. And there's always... It's action-packed, so there's something always going on. So it's never boring. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's what I mean by it's mindless action mm. film. And I mean, like, we can class it as a horror film because it features um, horror royalty. But overall, it's more of an adventure action film. Mm. So, um, another thing I didn't like in the movie... Well, it's more of a nitpick than anything is that they keep calling Van Helsing Gabriel. Mm. That's not his name. It's Abraham. His mm. name's Abraham Van Helsing, not Gabriel. But I read here that according to the director, um, ba -ba 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 -ba, they changed his name from Abraham to Gabriel as, they did not, as he did not think he could have a lead character named Abraham. That's dumb. I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> I Is don't it know. Because the old president, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Abraham Van Helsing was was given that name because of Bram Stoker, mm -hmm. who wrote the original Dracula. Bram is short for Abraham. Mm. Oh, okay. So he named it after himself. Yeah. So that's a spit in the face to Bram Stoker. Anyway. I um, guess maybe they wanted to change it a little bit. Who knows? Well, there's also a theory that um, Gabriel is the Archangel Gabriel. Because you know in the movie how he keeps saying, I don't remember, and stuff like that? And you find out he's the left hand of God. Yeah, well, read, I'll read this. Throughout the movie, it is implied that Van Helsing is the Archangel Gabriel. He mentions fighting the Romans at Masada. To which Carl responds, that was in 73 AD, referring to the siege of Masaja in the First Jewish-Roman War. Later, Dracula gives his first name as Gabriel and refers to him as the left hand of God. Gabriel considered God's messenger and was the angel to tell Zachariah and the Virgin Mary of John the Baptist and Jesus' birth, respectively. Well, that would make sense. It would, but they didn't really follow through in the movie. Well, they Maybe it was just there for you to kind yeah. of guess. Yeah, you to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how'd you like the little Dracula's little minions? They were cute. <laughs> Apparently, they're called the Dwerger, and they're actually dwarfs from Germanic folklore. Oh, those things. I thought you were talking about his babies. No, no, like the little fucking... The little... Nazi dwarfs. Thingy things. Yeah, yeah, those things. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. How do you think about um, Igor as well as in this movie? Ugly as fuck. He, yeah. He, he's another weird choice because like in the original Dracula movies, Igor was not this yes master kind of guy. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't all there, I guess, but he wasn't like that. No, I, I like it like that because when I think of Igor, I think of like this creepy monster kind of thing. I, I think this version of Igor... Igor, whatever you want to call him, came from the Hammer films later on, which I, I still need to get onto because I have not seen any of them. And yeah, yeah. Did you know that Richard Roxburgh, who played Dracula, mm -hmm. um, and Sylvia Coachella, or Coloca, I don't know how to pronounce the name, um, she plays Verona, one of his brides. I think that's black haired one. Okay. Well, when they were filming this, they um, started dating and they got married the following year. 
Oh, really? Yep. Oh, cute. Yeah, so. Um, the Transylvanian town built for this movie is to be the basis for a, tele- a television series, according to the producers. It was just too good to tear down. That's another thing I want to mention. The set designs in this movie are fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You cannot deny that. They look great. Yeah. And you can tell that they're not CGI. You can tell that they're real there because people enter them. <laughs> but nah, that's another thing I really liked about this movie that I kind of forgot about is the set designs. Like, every part of this movie just looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say that Dracula's castle is all CGI, all you want. Yeah. The, th- the thing that looks the CGI the most to me was when they entered Dracula's lair, lair, whatever it is, um, the skeletons that were spiked. Yeah, okay. Okay. That was worse than Mr. Hyde. When you say, like, when you say worse, like, I'm thinking bad, like, I've seen bad CGI in movies. This movie like never really... Like the Freddy really, Krueger worm. Yeah, like, that was bad. <laughs> this movie never really has scenes where I'm like, oh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Like, there was times where I'm like, okay, it's flawed, it's dated. But there wasn't times where I'm like, that's, that's fucking horrible. Yeah, no. I didn't have a problem with it at all. No, neither, neither. Mm. Okay, so overall, if you were going to give this a score of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. what would you give it? I'll go a 7. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> wow, okay. Okay. I enjoy this movie. <laughs> that's, I've seen it quite a few times. That's a high score, Joel. Yeah. Okay. I enjoy it. So, like, <laughs> on my letterbox review, <clears throat> I've got a few friends who have given this, like, a, a 1 star out of 5. I've seen a couple 2 stars. I've seen a... Uh, two and a half uh, sorry one and a half star and it's funny I've always kind of given this movie shit I have but I'm giving it four stars which is eight out of ten oh you're going an eight I I really enjoyed watching this again wow you came in higher than me I know that's why I was shocked you said seven wow yeah I I really enjoyed watching this I mean it features my babies Mm-hmm. Like the Universal Monsters, I fucking love. Like it made me want to go back and rewatch Universal Monster movies. Yeah. Okay. So that's like praise in itself. If you like, and you can say, "Oh, it was that shit of a movie that you want to go back and watch the classics?" Do you? No. It just reignited that spark for Your love those for movies. Yeah, I love those movies. So hmm. I don't know, man. I think this movie gets shit on too much and I think that it's worth another watch. It's on Netflix right now, so go and give it another watch if you've got a spare hour and a half. Two hours. Two hours. Yeah, shit. Yeah, it did, yeah, it was two hours, but it flew by. A little bit by. over. It kind of flew by. I mean, we watched it in parts because of <laughs> kids, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fun. So, hmm. anything more to say about Van Helsing? Um, no, not really. Just that... I think it's a pretty decent film. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. The Horror for Dummies crew says give it a go. And don't listen to the haters. Make up your own mind. If you haven't seen it since it came out, go back and revisit it and then make up your own mind. If you still hate it, fine. If you come around at it, you're welcome. (laughs) So thank you, Jaleesa, for joining me in this review of Van Helsing. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. What is up guys, it's Tim here from Horror for Dummies and I am talking about a new Shudder movie 
called Revealer. This one has just dropped on Shutter this week, and I went and checked it out. And the the first thing that that I noticed about this movie is is the poster art. It's uh, just really cool, purpley, blue, pinky colors, and that's just right in my wheelhouse with all those colors. And then you look at the poster carefully, and you can see tentacles, and you're like, "Ooh, okay, some." Uh, some Lovecraftian material here. Okay, you got me interested. But then if you look closer, you see in the reflection of a woman's sunglasses, or sorry, just normal glasses, you see a, uh, a beastie type of entity, I guess you can say. And straight away, this movie, poster-wise, had me hooked. But what did the actual movie do for me? Well, before we jump into that, let's talk about what the movie is all about. So, apparently this movie is about tensions arising <laughs> when a stripper and a religious protester are trapped together in a peep show booth and must come together to survive the apocalypse in 1980s Chicago. Boom. Yep. That's what this movie is about. And from the poster art alone, you can tell that this movie just reeks of 80s. And, you know what? I, I, I think it will come to a point one day where people are like, all right. I'm kind of over the 80s throwback movies. Can we get just can we be dumb with those? I I think one day maybe that might happen, but that today is not this day. Um I'm still very much in love with the time period that is the 80s. I love everything about it, the fashion, the music, the movies, the clothes, everything. Everything about the 80s I'm just fascinated with. I Rick I I I honestly was born in the wrong decade. I was born in the 80s. But uh, I didn't really grow up in the 80s as I was born in 1987. I wish I was born in, like, 1970. There I could have been a kid. Or maybe even 1965. At least I would have been, like, a, a, a teen, young adult living in the 80s. And, you know, getting getting my groove on with the with the females and uh, watching the R-rated horror films at the, at the local cinema. That would have been my time, but uh, alas, that did not happen because my parents did not fuck quick enough. So, Revealer. This one is an interesting movie. Um, there's no one really to note that is in this movie. It's directed by Luke Boyce, who has only had one credit to his name, and that is a movie called The Pooka which um, is only a short, actually, not, not a full feature length. The Puka, I'm pretty sure if I am familiar with The Puka, it's, they made a couple of movies about it last year on, um, on Hulu or something like that. I never watched them, so I don't really know too much about it. But yeah, so this movie is a low-budget movie with no notable stars in it. Uh, obviously, I said before, the director is no one big. But that doesn't mean anything, because some of the best movies that have come out in the past 10 years have been from first-time directors. Um, Arya Astor, Jordan Peele, you know, the list goes on. There's been so... Uh, Jennifer Kent. Um, there's been heaps of directors that have just come out and just smashed it on their first time. But um, I, I will say right now, the revealer is not uh, a Get Out, or a Bubba Duke or... Um, or hereditary, or anything like that. It's no, it's none of these uh, upper echelon type movies, but still, it's not horrible. And for, in my opinion, it's not an avoid either. 
It's a low-budget throwback horror film, as I said before, and for me, I actually got a bit of enjoyment out of this movie. It's a simple film. Um, note that. And it's a story that we've kind of seen a couple of times. And recently, um, there was a movie that came out last year where, and I cannot fucking think of the name. I, I yeah, give me give me a second because it's going to annoy me, and I'm sure it's going to annoy you if I um if I can't think of the goddamn name. I'm gonna basically do um, Five Degrees of Kevin Bacon. You know that game where you um. Can you remember someone in the movie? Give me, give me a second. So basically, what I'm doing right now is I'm on IMDb, and I remember Vanessa Shaw was in this movie, and I know that she was in the Hills of Eyes remake. So I'm, I'm going to Hills of Eyes on IMDb, and I'm clicking on Vanessa Shaw, and then I'm going to all filmography to find what the goddamn movie name is. And there we go, boom, that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. The movie I'm referring to is We Need to Do Something. We Need to Do Something, which came out last year. Um, Scott and Heather from the Friday Nightmares podcast absolutely adored this film. For me, it wasn't anywhere near as good as I wanted it to be. But this movie here, Revealer and We Need to Do Something, are somewhat very similar they're both movies where a um, protagonist is trapped while an apocalypse is happen- happening outside. And in We Need to Do Something, I'm going to give you minor spoilers for that movie since it was released last year, and I think you can pass it. I know Scott and Heather are probably yelling at me right now going, Shut up, Tim. That movie was amazing. It wasn't. <laughs> there was one cool scene in that movie, and uh, it featured Ozzy Osbourne. And that's about it. Sorry, Scott and Heather. Come at me, bro. But, um, yeah, in that movie, we needed to do something. The whole movie is set in this one place. And you never get to see what happens outside. And with this movie, The uh, Revealer, I was really worried that they were going to do the same thing. And I'm not going to tell you if they do or if they don't, because I think that would be spoiling too much. But I was really worried that we wouldn't get to see what happened happening outside. If um, if this whole movie was going to be them stuck inside this um, one area, um, I was really worried for a few different things. Overall, though, I I did have a good time with this movie. I think I think I was just in the right mood for this type of film. Now, in saying that, it's not going to break any top 10 lists. I, I highly I highly doubt that's going to happen. Um, there were some cool scenes in it. There were some cool creature effects. There were some cool shots. But overall, I, I feel for a lot of people that this story is going to move a little too slow. Um, I feel that this movie is going to be somewhat forgotten by the end of the year. I, I don't think anyone's going to at the end of 2022, going to be like, oh, remember that movie Revealer? That was such a good movie. Remember that scene and that scene and that scene? I feel it's just going to be up in people's top 30s or, or or in the middle of their list that's just going to sit there and slowly be forgotten about, which is a shame. Um, but quite honestly, there, there's nothing really rememberable with this film. Um, as I said before, I did like key scenes in this movie, but there's nothing that I'm going to take away and go, fuck, that, that uh, is a highlight of 2022 horror for me. 
Unfortunately, it's not going to be that. Now, the characters in this movie, we got two characters, as I said before, the uh, the stripper and the religious protester. And I was curious as to see if I would enjoy these two characters because they're obviously polar opposites of each other. But I came to love both of them. I found both their stories very interesting. Um, it's one of those movies that is somewhat pretty predictable and you can tell what's going to happen at the end with these two characters and you can tell that their story is going to lead to another story and lead to another story. So they're, they're, they're kind of cliched written characters. But for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was just in the mood for this type of movie because I, I, I enjoyed following these characters even though I knew what was going to happen. So overall, is Revealer worth giving a chance to? And, and I'm gonna say, look, man, if you if you're scrounging around for um, movies to watch, and you come across this movie, I'm not gonna tell you to play it, and I'm not gonna tell you to skip it. But if you are in the mood for an '80s throwback movie that has some cool little creature designs and some interesting scenes that you don't really mind sitting through a movie that you're probably going to forget about later, but you'll end up enjoying, then yes, give this a go. But if you are in the, if you, if you are restricted to time and only want to see the best of the best of the, that the year has to offer, then I think that this is a pass for you because once again, I don't think this is going to make it into any top 10. So for me, um, I'm giving this a 6.5 out of 10. I liked it. A lot more than what I didn't, but it's just not hitting the upper marks as much as I wanted. So, Revealer, you can you can see this on Shutter right now. It is streaming. Um, that is for Australian Shutter, and I'm pretty sure everywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna guess if if Australia's if Australia Shutter's getting it, then I'm pretty sure the entire world is too. So that's Revealer from 2022. Hello everyone, once again it is me, Tim, your fearless leader, and I'm here once again on the open road, listening to my country jams, as I always usually do while I drive. I am a country music fan, more so of the, uh, the bluegrass style with the banjos and everything. It's my thing, I like it. And it got me thinking about a movie I watched um, a few weeks ago now, and the movie entitled is called Torn Hearts. Torn Hearts. Alright, so this one this one's been going around a bit. Some people are saying it's pretty decent, it's worth a watch. And I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon and agree that this movie is pretty decent. This movie stars Katie Seagal, and most people probably remember her as the mum in Married with Children. But I know her from Sons of Anarchy. She was uh, one of the main biker wives in that. So she stars in this, and basically what the story with Torn Hearts is, you've got a country music duo, I guess you could call it. Um, a country music duo that are up and coming and, and looking to get into the biz, the business of country music, and, and looking to get a name for themselves. And they, they basically stumble across, one of them stumbles across the address of a big-time country music um, celebrity that they idolize and that person is Katie Seagal 
But the thing is, Katie Segal has a bit of a dark history and a dark past with what happened to her music career and and where she is in life now. And basically the story just takes you on a whirlwind. These two country music girls, the up-and-comers, they go to visit Katie Segal's character and... Uh, you, you know the, the old saying, um, it's better not to meet your heroes? It's kind of like that story in a, in a roundabout way. So this movie, the first thing that I liked about it is it has a very cool soundtrack. If you are not a fan of country music, then you're probably not going to agree with me. But for someone like me that does enjoy, like, um, the Dixie Chicks or Dolly Parton, that tile, that, that style of country music, then you might enjoy this one. This movie, it, it gets, it starts off a little slow, but it gets fucking crazy later on in the, in the movie. And for the runtime, I was invested with this movie because we all knew something was going to happen because it's a horror movie, but I didn't know what, and I didn't know when, and I, I was, I was kind of, trying to put together the pieces of what was happening with this movie and when it was going to happen and and all this stuff and I was just a little unsure of what was going on and then when it finally hit it was like alright movie alright you have my attention and the movie wraps up basically pretty good uh, I have no real qualms or, or, or anything to poke it at it but overall, like this was a overall this was a fun fun one-time watch, you know. I don't see myself revisiting this much. Who knows, maybe I will, but I don't know. For a good one-time watch, I think this is worth a recommendation. I would give it I think I gave it a 7 out of 10. But that's me. That's me being a country music fan and and my history with music and and performing in bands somehow um, helped me like this movie a bit because that's what this movie focuses on is is the whole movie uh, music style the, um, you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying sorry there's people in my way I'm trying to drive so Torn Hearts I give it a 7 out of 10 it's good times man it's good times Katie Seagal is an actress who I really like I really think she's a good actress I um for, for an old bag, I think she's fucking hot. So that's that's, some, that's something. But um, yeah, if you're a fan of Katie Seagal and if you're a fan of country music, I don't think you can go wrong with this. So go and check it out. I think it's on Hulu for you guys in the States. Here in Australia, I don't know where it's available. I found this um, by other means necessary. Let's just say that. Because, you know what? I, I, I couldn't wait. So, I reckon th I recommend this. If you guys see it out there, give it a watch. If you've got nothing else to watch, give it a watch and let me know what you guys think. That is it for Torn Hearts, man. So, let's get on with another movie. We're going to chuck it straight back to um, Other Tim. So, here you go, Other Tim. Take it away.
So I'm back here with the bell from hell, Jaleesa. Hey. And I thought we'd take a little break from reviewing movies for a quick second. Do you want to hear a ghost story? Yes, I do. A creepy ghost story. Yes. Something that will make you hide under the covers of your bed. Because, I mean, that does so much. If you're being chased by a serial killer, you jump in your bed and you throw the covers over up. That that stops. That's, that's the safe space. Yeah, that stops <laughs> all monsters. Monsters see you hiding there. They're like, ah, shit. Can't touch her now. <laughs> so I'm going to tell a little ghost story because why not? It's fun. And this is only a short, creepy ghost story. And this one is entitled, This New Old House. <laughs> We bought an old house, my boyfriend and I. He's in charge of the new construction, converting the kitchen into the master bedrooms, for instance, while I'm on wallpaper removal duty. The previous owners papered every wall and ceiling. Removing it is brutal, but oddly satisfying. The best feeling is getting a long peel, similar to your skin when you're peeling it from a sunburn. I don't know about you, but I kind of make a game of peeling. On the hunt for the longest piece before it rips. Under a corner section of paper in every room is a person's name and date. Curiosity got the best of me one night when I googled one of the names and discovered the person was actually a missing person. The missing date matching the date under the wallpaper. The next day I made a list of all the names and dates. Sure enough, each name was for a missing person with dates to match. We notified the police who naturally sent out the crime scene team. I overheard one tech say, yep, it's human. Human? What's human? Ma'am, where is the material you removed from the walls already? This isn't wallpaper you're removing. (laughs) So she was peeling the skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I can't remember. Maybe I'm making this up, but I swear I heard an actual case where that was real. Yeah. Yeah. That rings a bell. And that's fucked. That is pretty fucked. I, th- I think it was like a, a White House. Memory, I remember. The White I re- House. I remember reading oh, no. a story. The, the Trump. <laughs> Never mind. Not going down that road. <laughs> Not going down that road. Do you want to hear another one or are you you good? No, I like ghost stories. Okay, I'll tell one more and then uh, otherwise you won't be able to sleep. So I'll sleep like a baby. Okay. Well, this next ghost story is called Guardians. He awoke to the huge insect-like creatures looming over his bed and screamed his lungs out. They hastily left the room and he stayed up all night, shaking and wondering if it had been a dream. The next morning there was a tap on the door. Gathering his courage, he opened it to see one of them gently place a plate filled with fried breakfast on the floor, then retreat to a safe distance. Bewildered, he accepted the gift. The creatures chittered excitedly. This happened every day for weeks. At first, he was worried they were fattening him up, but after a particularly greasy breakfast, left them clutching, left him clutching his chest from heartburn. They were replaced with fresh fruit, as well as cooking. They poured hot, steamy baths for him and even tucked him in when it was when it was bedtime. It was bizarre. One night, he awoke to gunshots and screaming. He raced downstairs to find a decapitated burglar being devoured by the insects. He was sickened, but disposed of the remains as best he could. He knew that they just had been they had just been protecting him. 
One morning, the creatures wouldn't let him leave his room. He lay down, confused but trusting as they ushered him back to bed. Whatever their motives, they weren't going to hurt him. Hours later, a burning pain spread throughout his body. It felt like his stomach was filled with razor wire. The insects chittered as he spasmed and moaned. It was only when he felt a terrible squirming feeling beneath his skin that he realized the insects hadn't been protecting him. They had been protecting their young. Oh, <laughs> That's cool, eh? <laughs> so it's like some alien shit. No, it's insects. <laughs> Don't you give me that look. I will give you that look. You know exactly what I meant. The insects. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to these ghost stories. They were fun. I just searched them up on Google. Search up short, creepy ghost stories. Hmm. And there's like links for different types of short stories. Hmm. So... Anyway, we're going to jump on to another film review and we'll be back after that. Welcome back to another 2022 movie review here with me, moi, Tim. Of course. I mean, who else is it going to be? It's always fucking me. Uh, I'm here with another movie recommendation. Or, uh, hold your horses there. Another movie review. And and this, this one... This one is getting a lot of buzz at the moment. The movie I'm talking about is called Dashcam. We're talking about Dashcam, and this one's been going everywhere over on Facebook and Instagram. I've been seeing so much buzz about this movie. So I I found it. I went and checked it out. I will tell you right now, for you Australian audiences, it is uh, playing at the cinemas right now if you do want to go see this movie. But uh, stick around for my thoughts on this movie before you jump into it. Now... Before I jump into my thoughts on the dash cam, the one that everyone's talking about, I must warn you right now that um, I found this movie. Won't tell you how, but I did find this movie, um, and I decided to, to start watching it. Now, the poster art for this movie looks like a found footage movie, and I confirmed that it is, in fact, a found footage film. And when I started watching this movie, it, it was not found footage. <laughs> At all. And and basically the movie that I started to watch was about a video editor for a news show in New York City, New York City, who receives a government file containing footage from a policeman's car dash cam. This is not the movie that everyone's talking about. I watched this whole movie. <laughs> I watched this entire movie thinking that it's the one that everyone's talking about. And I'm like... Because this this real dashcam movie that everyone's talking about, every, a lot of people are giving it really good reviews. And I'm watching this other dashcam movie, and I'm like, where's the horror? When's the horror coming? Because I'm not, I'm not. Because a lot of people are saying that this this dashcam movie is brutal and it's crazy and it's fucking off the charts. And this other dashcam movie, have a skull, have a drink every time I say dashcam. By the way, uh, this other dashcam movie is in no way crazy. In fact, it's very, very um, somewhat slow. So, quick little review for that Dashcam movie. It's not bad. It's interesting. Uh, it's it's not worth your time because the whole movie is a mystery and you wait until the end to find out what the mystery is. And by the end, I was like, oh, 
Is that what? Is that what? Is that how you're going to stop the movie? Really? Really? Cool. You just wasted an hour and a half of my life. Thanks a lot. So I didn't hate it, but the ending really left me unsatisfied. So let's get to the real dash cam, which I had to go out and refine. And when I finally did refine it, refined. Oh my god, I cannot speak today. It's a, it's a late one. Let's just say that. When I did find the real dash cam movie, which is directed by Rob Savage. And uh, if you don't know who Rob Savage is, he directed um, the other movie that... Um, the other found footage... Um, what do you call it? COVID film <laughs> called Host. Um, Host from 2020... Yeah, 2020. That's the one where the uh, all the people on like a Skype chat or a Discord chat and... Um, paranormal activity happens that was a really good movie really really strong movie so he directed this one dash cam so let's just get into the actual story before we talk about my thoughts on this movie so this movie at the start of the pandemic an indulgent and self-deluded live streaming improv musician abandons la for london steals her ex-bandmate's car and makes the fateful decision to give a ride to an elderly woman who is not what she seems. Um, okay, this one stars, and I'm only mentioning her name uh, because it stars Annie Hardy, and I've never heard of this person before, Annie Hardy, but apparently Annie Hardy is an American musician who is the lead vocalist, guitarist, and songwriter for rock band Giant Drag. I've never heard of Giant Drag, and like, I'm one that goes on Spotify and tries to discover new new music every now and then. I've never ever come across a band called Giant Drag, and uh, they sound like a giant drag. <laughs> I know that was cheesy as all fuck, but whatever. So... <laughs> So, Dashcam, let me just say my first problem with this movie is none of this film is shot from the perspective of a Dashcam. There is no Dashcam involved in this movie. I don't even think there's a Dashcam really seen in this movie. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't see any. Um, I think it was all shot from, like, her phone. And you know what? I haven't watched this for a couple of weeks now, so maybe I'm completely wrong and you're laughing at me. So let me know if I'm completely wrong. But yes... I did not see a dash cam in this movie, and I don't think it was being recorded by a dash cam. But hey, I've been wrong before. So, as I said before, this movie is getting rave reviews. Crazy reviews. Everyone's saying that this movie is just nuts, it's crazy, it's out there, it's off its charts. And I'm all for that. I am. I love a crazy, weird, insane, bloodthirsty movie. You know, that's why I'm a horror fan, for all these reasons. When this movie started, we are introduced to our protagonist, Annie Hardy, who goes by the name Annie Hardy. She plays a real person. And she's basically doing like a YouTube thing. You know one of those YouTube people um, where she she does like a live stream and she gets a beat in the car and she basically freestyle raps to the beat about different subjects that people ask her to do. And... Um, I think I think the the YouTube thing's called Bandcar or something. It's a really shitty name. That yeah, I don't know. Um, so we're introduced to her, and she comes across as a really in-your-face annoying p- 
person. <laughs> Straight up. I'm just going to say, really annoying to um, one of those people where you can't spend much time with. Um, you know, if you are friends with one of these people, it'd be like a small doses type thing. It'd be like, oh, hey, um, let's go get a coffee. But, uh, oh, halfway through my coffee, I've got to go because you are too fucking much. Jesus Christ. And you know what? This movie doesn't stop with her. And the longer this movie went on, following this girl, the more I disliked this character. And then the movie continued, and it got to the point where I could not fucking stand this character. Everything she did, everything she said, even the sound of her voice just drove me nuts. And in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, it completely ruined the movie for me. I could not... And, and and you know what? I uh, I a hundred percent understand Mushroom's thoughts on Psycho Gorman for last year. He liked the movie, but he could not stand that little girl. So I I now understand because in this movie I could not stand this woman, and cr- quite frankly, she just ruined the entire movie with me. Does this movie get crazy? Yes. Did I care? No, because it featured this fucking woman who just. It's like, acts like a child, like like an ADHD child that has no control over herself, just says and does dumb things, has stupid beliefs, which I, I don't care. I'm not one of those people that care what your beliefs are. If you believe in, I don't know, if you believe COVID is a hoax, I don't care. You know, I have my beliefs. I don't think COVID's a hoax. Actually, I know COVID's not a hoax. It's real. But if you're one of those people that believe in that, if you're one of those people that don't want to get vaxxed, <laughs> have fun. Be go, go live your life. Don't let me stop you. But uh, don't try and bring me down with you. But she is one of those people who um, has different um, thoughts to the rest of normal society. And I hate this woman, <laughs> quite frankly. I hate this woman and I could not stand this movie. Now, okay, let's let's just subtract this character from the movie and, and, and follow the rest of the movie. Is the movie worth watching beside her? Um, no. Quite honestly, no. I, quite honestly, this is a full feature. I, I, I actually only goes for about an hour and 10 minutes. It will say an hour and 20 minutes, but 10 minutes of that is the credits with her rapping about the people who made this movie, which I fucking hated. I hate this bitch. <laughs> um, but all in all, like this is only a really short movie. And after it was all said and done, I thought, you know what would be cool? If you like trim this down about 80%, made it into like a 15 minute short and put it in the next VHS movie, because that's really what it felt like. It just felt like an overextended VHS segment. And that's not good. That's not good, man. VHS segments are short for a reason. Um, We've seen VHS segments being made into feature-length movies, and they don't do well. (laughs) Talking about you, Siren. But, um, yeah, overall, like, yes, there are some cool scenes in this movie. There's some cool gore in this this movie. Uh, The characters are all shitty. Um... What the characters do are all shitty. Really. What they do is all shitty. Um, but... 
at the end of this movie, when we get the reveal of what is happening in this fucking movie, I was so zoned out that I did not give a goddamn shit. And yeah, cool. It looks alright. A uh, bit of a CGI mess, but I don't... I, I didn't care by the end. And I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. But this movie is a complete no for me. I could not stand anything about this movie. I will never watch this movie again. And y you know what? Quite frankly, this is probably going to be in my uh, bottom list. My uh, bottom 10 of 2022. So, yeah. I mean, I gave this movie a 4 out of 10. And I mean, the other thing, another thing I can say about this movie is that uh, it's found footage, but uh, it's one of those really, really annoying found footage films where the camera won't fucking stay still for more than a second. So I can't. I, I get it. That's what that's the found footage formula. But uh, I, I, after a while, I get annoyed by it. Just God, keep the fucking cameras uh, there for just a second. So I can see. So yeah, overall, no, this movie is not for me. Don't take my word for it. Um, I, uh, I, I'm sure there's people out there who, um, <laughs> who do like it. And, and according to reviews, there are people that think this movie is fantastic. And the fact, the sad thing about this movie is, I know that there's going to be so many people out there that's like, oh, it's in my top ten of all the whole year. It's uh. What annoys me is that people like this movie more than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this movie is fucking so bad compared to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But you know what? Come at me. Because I'm sure there's people out there that are laughing at me right now going, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a piece of shit. Well, not in my eyes. But that's Dashcam for you. I give it a 4 out of 10. Go and see it if you want. But uh, don't come crying back to me when I <laughs> after I warned you. So, Alright, let's... uh get something else. So I'm back here and I just finished watching Crimes of the Future, which is the new David Cronenberg film that um, a few people have been um, anticipating a lot. Um, and I finally got a chance to see it. Now, let, let me just start off by saying right here, and this is probably going to um, may, <laughs> upset some people. It's probably going to shock some people. And you know what? Quite frankly, it's probably going to offend some people. But it's my personal feelings, and I'm sorry if it, uh, it upsets you. But uh, I am not a fan of David Cronenberg. There, I said it. I said it. I, I, I only like one of his movies from what I've seen. And that is the fly, and that, and that's a remake. So, um, but going like Videodrome, I was not a fan of Scanners. I didn't really like, and I, Dead Zone was okay. Um, I have not seen Shivers. I have not seen Rabid, but I don't want to. After all these movies that I've finally checked out, I'm just, I just, I'm not a fan of Cronenberg. You know, he goes these really deep and. Uh, <clears throat> story-driven movies with with certain scenes that might be shocking to some, but I just don't care by the end of it. So Cronenberg is just not for me. And quite frankly, I went into this movie expecting not to like it, expecting it to be a typical Cronenberg film where it has 
deep symbolic meaning about something and it's metaphorical for something and all this weird shit. We might see some cool imagery, but it's all going to be really confusing. And, and you know what? God damn it, I hate when I'm right. Because this movie was exactly that. Only thing is, I did not find this movie good <laughs> at all. Like, and, and, and that's not like my personal opinions. I actually did not find this movie really that good. And I, I had a few problems with this movie. Now, these were my thoughts after watching it. And I went ahead and I checked out Fresh Cuts, their thoughts on it. Expecting them to love this movie, and I love listening to Fresh Cuts because they explain shit to me that I miss because I'm a dum-dum. But they explain stuff, they break things down, they break movies down, and they often, actually a lot of times, they uh, they really hit the nail on the head, and they explain these films, and it just clicks with me. Um, <laughs> funny enough, the, uh, the Fresh Cut guys had kind of the same feelings as me, and I, I won't go into their thoughts, but uh, you can go check that episode out for yourself. Fresh Cuts is a fucking great show, and you should all check it out. But um, this movie just did not work at all for me. For one, I found the movie really confusing. I, I left trying to understand what it all was all about, and I had a lot of why questions, like, why is this happening? What is it like? There were so many questions I had that were left unanswered. And from checking everyone else's reviews out and watching YouTube videos, a lot of people kind of had the same thoughts. There was a lot left open and not in a good way where you could interpret it yourself. Uh, these were all questions that I, I needed answered because this movie doesn't make sense without it. Do we get the typical David Cronenberg um, body horror stuff? I mean, yes, of course. It's it's David Cronenberg back to his horror roots. And um, yes, you do get some of the body horror stuff. I'm not going to say it's as insane as like a Videodrome or, or, or like that. But we do get the whole body horror stuff. And I'm really curious for The Mushroom to go and see this movie. Because I'm, I'm interested to see what he thinks about it. Because he is a Cronenberg fan. He loves the body horror. As much as I love like animal attack horror movies. He fucking loves body horror. So that's his jam. So I'm keen to see what he thinks about it. Now I will mention that this movie stars Viggo Mortensen. And um, Scott Speedman. And Kirsten Stewart. That's right. The Kirsten Stewart. Mrs. Uh, Twilight herself. And... Uh, Look, uh, all the acting is good in this movie by Vigo and Scott Speedman and Leah Sado. Uh, Kirsten Stewart is a, is a name, as soon as she popped up on the screen, because I didn't know she was in this movie, as soon as she popped up, I was like, oh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And, you know, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, man. Kirsten Stewart was the highlight of this movie. I, I, I did not know she was a human, and actually had emotions. I thought she was a robot this whole time. She actually kind of killed this performance. She was really good in it. Which is, yeah. I, I mean, she was in Underworld from a few years ago. And I thought she was alright in that. But nothing to, to rave over. But in this, like, she actually did a good job. And that's not really a sentence you hear. Kirsten Stewart did a good acting performance. That's, yeah. That's like saying tuna is really good on ice cream. That's That just doesn't go together. But in this, bravo. 
Good on you, Kirsten Stewart. You, you're learning. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's mean. I'm sorry, Kirsten Stewart. I'm, I'm sure you're really talented. I just haven't seen the movies that you've been in besides the horror genre. But um, overall, man, like, I, I know this is going to be a really short review, but I've, I, I've got really nothing more to say because this movie confused me. I did not follow the story at all. Um, I, I got to a point, I got to a point in this movie where I realized, you know what? I am not going to understand this. Why try? (laughs) But I kept trying. I did because I really, really tried to like this movie. I tried to, this was like the last deal breaker for me. You know, if this Cronenberg movie doesn't hit with me, I'm just not a Cronenberg fan and that's okay. You know, if you are not a fan of something, you don't have to follow the masses and say, yes, it's so good because Cronenberg made it, you know, it's all right to be different. You know, if you don't like the exorcist, if you think the exorcist is not the scariest movie in the world, you don't have to follow it and say, no, it definitely is. And then in your mind, you're like, no, you're lying. It's okay to be different people. It's all right. So, um, David Cronenberg, unfortunately, you are not the director of my dreams, and your Crimes of the Future movie just did not do anything to impress me at all. I won't ever watch this again, I won't recommend it, and that's not just my own personal thoughts, I honestly think this movie is kind of really poorly put together, poorly written, yeah, okay, it's shot nicely, and the effects are decent for some parts, uh, there is a bit of, uh, shit in it, but for the most part, like, it's a well-made movie for some part, but I think the writing really lets this movie down, and, uh, yeah, if, if you want to go ahead and check it out for yourself, please do, and let me know what you think, and if you actually understand this movie, then come at me and, and tell me what I'm missing, and, uh, yeah, make me go and rewatch it, and tell me why I should give it another chance, and all that stuff, but for me, it's, it's a no-go, and it's another four, it's another four out of ten for this one, unfortunately, so, yeah, that's, uh, Crimes of the Future from 2022. We request that everybody stays calm at the current moment, for there is a zombie apocalypse currently happening on the West Coast. Do stay inside. And do not go out under any circumstances. If any zombies happen to get into your house, shoot them in the head or remove the head from the brain. We insist, do not leave your houses. Thank you very much for your cooperation. We have come to the end of episode 207. And, and we thought we would we'd wrap it up with a little bit of fun here. So, uh, weeks ago, our good friend Zim Vader, who just celebrated his 53rd birthday this week. Happy birthday, Zim Vader. <laughs> Happy birthday, old man. <laughs> I actually don't know how old he is, but happy birthday. Anyway, and I know he loves celebrating his birthday, so everyone should message him and say happy birthday to Zim Vader. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Zim. Anyway, he made a quiz for us, and he, he's done this a few times, and they're really actually cool quizzes. So I, I thought that we, we'd take time out now to close this show with a bit of fun and take this quiz that he made for us. And it's a multiple-choice quiz, and I'll tell you the, the multiple choices so you guys can play at home as well. And... Like, I'm going to play this as straight as I can. I'm not going to just 
uh, lie and say that I got it right. If I got it wrong, there's no shame. Otherwise, what's the point? It's not fun. So, Jill, are you ready? You're gonna join. You're gonna do this quiz with me. This is kind of a, a team effort here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All here right. we go. Question number one: What is the sixth film in the Hellraiser franchise? Oh God. Hell Hellworld, Deader, Hellseeker, Inferno. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. All I'm going to say. Oh. Yeah. They all kind of meld into one after the third. Hellworld, Deader, Hellseeker, Inferno. Okay, I know it's not... I'm going to say Inferno. You might be right. I think Hellseeker is the fourth, or maybe it's Deader. You want to go Inferno? I'll go Inferno. It's Hellseeker. Damn it. We got it wrong. (laughs) There we go. Next question. How many films are there in the Hidden franchise? I don't even know what that is. Two, three, four, or five. I'm going to be real. I don't know what the Hidden is either. Go three. Okay. Two. Damn it. What the fuck is the Hidden? (laughs) I'm going to search up the Hidden after this. We are failing miserably right now. All right. (laughs) Which Seinfeld star also starred in the 1981 film The Burning? Jerry Seinfeld? Jason Alexander, Michael Richards, or John Voight? Wait, John Voight was in Seinfeld? Who's that? That's that's the dude in Anaconda. You want to kill the snake? The old dude? Angelina Jolie's dad. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, I I know this answer. It's Jason Alexander. So I'll just go ahead and click it. Alrighty. Yes, Jason Alexander. Being like the popular dude in The Burning, it doesn't make sense. Because Jason, Jason Alexander is a short, bald guy in Seinfeld. Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, which film did Warwick Davis do first? Willow, Caravan of Courage, Labyrinth, or Leprechaun? Is he in Labyrinth? I didn't know that either. Is he the little midget? I, d- I don't know. Dwarfy dude? Maybe. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, so Willow came out in 1988. Caravan of Courage... Was that 87 or was that 88 as well? Leprechaun didn't come out to the 90s, so that's out. And when did Labyrinth come out? Fuck, it's between those three. I think Labyrinth was uh, early 90s as well. No, I think it's early 80s. Really? I think it was 85. I'd say check, but that's cheating. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say it's between Willow and Caravan of Courage. Um, This is embarrassing. I don't know facts about Warwick Davis. Who's one of my favorite actresses, actress, actors. <laughs> um, shall we just pick one? I'm just going to go Willow because it's my favorite movie. Yeah. Damn it. It was Caravan of Courage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that came out in 86 then. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, which film has made the least amount of money? The Shallows, Jaws 3, Jaws the Revenge or Deep Blue Sea? This one's a trick one. I, 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 I want to say Jaws of Revenge, but it's a Jaws film. So you think it would still make money. The like, word would spread pretty quick. Yeah. The Shallows, like that came <laughs> out like... A few years ago. Yeah. So you'd think that'd be all right. I, I'm just going to go Jaws of Revenge. Yeah. Um. 
Or do you know if Jaws three did well? I can't. I don't know. Um. Ooh. Yeah. Jaws Revenge. Yes. Oh. Okay, we were right. <laughs> All right. Which Halloween film has the lowest IMDb score? Halloween three, Halloween four, Halloween five, or Halloween six? Five. I'm gonna go six. Going to five. What are we going for? All right, fine. We'll pick five, but I say six. We'll go six and we'll see. No, we'll pick five and we'll go six. I'll I'll say six. If it's six, suck, fuck you. <laughs> suck, fuck you. That's what I said. Ah, Damn you it. motherfucker. It was Halloween six. <laughs> Got me wrong. Creep had only two cast members credited. How many cast members were credited in Creep 2? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know if I've seen Creep 2. So there was the main two, but there was a few people at the start. I'm going to go four. Fuck, seven. I was going to say seven. You haven't seen it. How would you know? I was going to guess seven. (sighs) Damn it. All right. Creature maker Chris Wallace created Gizmo from the Gremlins and which other horror creature? The Predator, Brundlefly, the Crypt Keeper, or Ghoulies? Okay, he didn't. Let's do process of, of elimination here. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the predator. That was Stan Winston. I'm gonna say no to Brundlefly. I don't think he did Brundlefly either. I think it's. I'm gonna go probably Ghoulies. I th- I feel like that's the obvious answer though. Fuck it, let's go Ghoulies. Oh shit! It was oh. Brundlefly. Whoops. Well, there you go. <laughs> we right. are failing so bad. Uh, which Alfred Hitchcock film was released first? Psycho, The Birds, Rear Window, or Strangers on a Train? I have never heard of Strangers on a Train. Neither have I. I haven't so... even heard of Rear Window. What? Nope. You would know the story. It's been parodied heaps. I've heard of the first two. <laughs> the Birds. No, The Birds came out after Psycho. Um, oh, okay. Rear Window. See, I don't know when Rear Window... Was that... I think that was after Psycho. I think Psycho was like his big thing. Fuck it. I'm going to go Strangers on a Train since I don't know what it is. Okay. Ah, oh, look, right. you're right. All right. Which actor wore Freddy's glove in the final scene of Jason Goes to Hell? Robert England, Kane Hodder, Adam Marcus, or Doug Bradley? I know the answer to this, so I'll let you go. Which actor wore Freddy's glove? So at the end of Freddy, uh, Jason Goes to Hell, mm-hmm. when Jason's mask is just in the sand, Freddy's hand and glove mm-hmm. like comes up from the ground and pulls his mask under. And uh, Robert England wasn't in that movie, was he? No. Um, I'm going to say... Kane Hodder. Ding, ding. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay. And that's it. Score has been calculated. I scored. We scored 40. So there we go. <laughs> Testy and Curry both beat me. I don't know who they are. <laughs> anyway, that is it. Thank you once again, Zim, for your awesome horror quizzes. We love them. They're so much fun to do, and we really appreciate them. Hmm. So that concludes this episode of the horror for dummies show we hope you like this new kind of format on what we did 
It was a bit different. It was a bit of fun to do. And we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please let me know. You know where to catch us. Horror for Dummies, Super Friends on Facebook. All that good, fun stuff. On to next week's episode. And I'm not 100% sure when Mushroom is coming back. So I don't want to promise anything yet. But I will say this. I am premiering a new show soon on this feed called I'm Your Number One Fan. And basically it's me interviewing other horror podcasters. And our first episode is going to come out real soon. I'll be interviewing Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast. You'll hear that soon. It's actually really funny. If, if you know anything about Jerry, you know he's, he's, he's not shy to speak his mind. And he's very controversial, which I love. So there is a lot of laughing. A lot of jokes that will offend you. So be sure to check it out. <laughs> um, on top of that... We have Patreon page open, uh, all that good fun stuff over there. If you want to join that, go give it a like. You can you can cancel at any time if you feel it's not for you. But uh, if you want to check it out, go and have a look. Jill, thank you for joining me on half this episode. Thank you. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And your breasts. Thank that you. That only I get to see. They anyway. are nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next time. Thank you guys once again. This is Horror for Dummies. This is Tim out. Jalisa is out. Bye. And goodbye. Dip!
saying, oh, so down and I said, no, she's screaming, so down and I said, no, no, no. Mother said she's my brother's daughter and I don't even care who's my father. She needs some sweet loving anyway.